I quote the scripture all the time. Uh, but in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Amen. The, the, I know the writer was specific there when he said in his presence that there, there's fullness of joy. But it would have done nothing to take away from the scripture if he had just said in his presence there's fullness. Because whatever you need, there's fullness in him. Whatever we need in our life, whether it's salvation, whether it's healing, whether it's the baptism, whether it's sanctifying, no matter what area that we need, we are made complete in him. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. Thankful for his presence that I feel. Thank you for Brother Eddie to uh, ask us to preach tonight. I hate you're not uh, feeling the best in your body, but uh, appreciate the opportunity to fill the pulpit tonight. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to turn with us to Genesis chapter number one. We're going to start at the beginning tonight. And don't fret, I'm not going to preach all the way to the end. might stop about three quarters of the way through, <laughs> but we are going to start here in the beginning tonight, and uh, I shared with you, I know in the past I was reading a, I believe it was a National Geographic article many, many years ago, and uh, it was given theories on where the moon could have come from, and in this particular, particular article, what some of the, uh, what the article was centered around was the plausible theory that the asteroid that supposedly hit Earth and wiped out all the dinosaurs, that supposedly this theory was that when it clipped, it clipped off the bottom part of the Earth at Antarctica. And that the moon, uh, that piece of uh, debris just floated away from the Earth and just floated into outer space and uh, the, the gravity of the earth held it in check, and so that is where the moon originated and come from. I thought to myself, I, I could have saved you a whole lot of time and effort of coming up with something so stupid if you would just go to the book of Genesis, and it'll tell us where it come from. Hallelujah. Amen. Just to believe the word of God, and I know to believe the word of God, is it is a foreign concept to many that, uh, the walk in earth today, but I believe this book, folks. Oh, yeah. Amen. I believe it is the infallible, inerrant Word of God. Oh, yeah. And I know in investment world and business world, you're you're told to not put all of your eggs in one basket. You need to diversify. But I'm telling you, when it comes to my salvation, all of my eggs are in this basket. Amen. Yeah. Right. There's nothing else for me. I believe this book. Amen. And we're going to start here in the beginning. In Genesis chapter number 1, uh, the Lord laid this thought on my heart months ago, and I just jotted it down, and uh, it was really out of sight, out of mind, and uh, Friday night, I was, uh, we had to go up to my mom's house, and between the dogs barking and everything else, Cody's in the background, I, I, I couldn't go to sleep much, and I just tossing and turning, and uh, just began to meditate on the Lord. He brought these scriptures back to me, and I think about two hours later, amen, after researching and digging, uh, just the Lord talking to me. Uh, that, that's what, what the Lord laid on our hearts to preach tonight. But Genesis 1, verse 1, is where we're going to take our text. Just read two verses, the first two verses of the book of beginnings. And it reads as this, In the beginning God, 
created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. I want to draw your attention back to the last sentence of verse number 2. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And I want to preach if the Lord will help us for a few minutes on this thought. The moving of the Spirit. The moving of the Spirit. If you will stretch forth your hands this way one more time. Ask God to help us and anoint us tonight. Father, I love you. Thank you for your word. I believe it. It's spirit, it's truth, and it is life. Oh, God, and I stand tonight not on my own intellect, not on my own theory, not on my own ability, not on God, man's wisdom, but I stand on your word tonight. Amen. And God, as we're, we're here to deliver what you've laid upon our hearts, I know that I'm not standing alone. And I'm asking now for the unction, the anointing, the empowerment of the Holy Ghost to rest upon me. I need you tonight, oh God. And I pray that what you've burned in me, God, I pray that you would burn through me and burn out of me, oh God. God, I pray that the Spirit would indeed move in this place, oh God. Do a work that only you can do. God, we are desperate people in desperate need of a move of God. If we need anything in this world today, it's not a better economic deal. We don't need new politicians. We need a move of the Spirit of God. We need a move of the Holy Ghost. And I'm asking that you would do that and more. And we're going to give you the praise, honor, and glory in advance for it all. In Jesus' name we pray it. And the church says amen. amen. And amen. When you read and study the Word of God and you're, you're building doctrine, one of the things that they have taught us and uh, that always stood out to me in, in hermeneutics as we were teaching how to, to study the Bible and how to understand the Bible, there is a theory in, in hermeneutics that is called the, the law or the principle of first mention in Scripture. And this is a guideline that people use for studying Scripture, and it says to understand a particular word or doctrine, we must or we should look for the first place in Scripture that that word or doctrine is revealed and study that. Study the, the characteristics and the nature of that because the, the nature of it, as you, as you go back to, to first reference, it, it often reveals the true content, the character, the nature of a, a thing or a person or a, a being. And uh, very few times if, if that character and that nature is is of divine origin, is it going to change or going to alter? It's going to be immutable. It's going to, to stay the same. And as we look at this, as we look at the law of first reference or the law of first mention in reference to the Holy Ghost, you will find the Holy Ghost of God uh, first reference and mention right here in the book of Genesis, chapter number one, in the beginning, when God was created the heavens and the earth. The Bible tells us emphatically that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God moved. That word spirit in the Hebrew, to, not, to, to be able to pronounce Hebrew the way it was intended, I've often heard that you have to talk like you have a hairball stuck in the back of your throat to really get close to the Hebrew pronunciation. Well, I don't have that. But uh, the, the Hebrew or the redneck version uh, of uh, this word is the word ruach. And that word ruach uh, is rendered spirit, uh, breath, or wind. Right. 
But no mistake can be made that the Spirit of God that is mentioned here in Genesis 1 verse 2 is the third person of the triune Godhead. God the Holy Ghost that is co-equal, co-eternal with the Father and the Son. And this word Ruach, which is reference to the Holy Ghost, he is uh, this word is used uh, in, in a couple of uh, instances throughout the Bible. Uh, it, it's it, 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 uh, mentioned as an inspiring state uh, of prophecy as the Holy Ghost would uh, inspire prophetic utterances. Uh, it was uh, mentioned in when impelling a prophet to utter instruction or warning. Uh, it was uh, uh, imparting uh, energy and executive administrative power upon a man or a woman of God in the Old Testament. Uh, and as uh, it mentioned, it would endow men with various gifts or giftings. Uh, it is reference to the energy of life. Uh, it was manifest in the Shekinah glory of God. And it was uh, used uh, as a, a force or uh, a power that made uh, action take place as we find in Genesis Chapter number one. So the law of first mention of the Spirit of God is that word Ruach, which is the breath, the Spirit of God. But we find in this same sentence, the law of first mention, the Spirit of God, we find Him moving upon the face of the waters. We find Him moving. Amen. The, the Hebrew word here is Rukpah, which means to flutter. Or to shake. This same word is found in Deuteronomy 32 verse 11. When it describes the eagle as it flutters over its young. Or fowls brooding over their eggs and youngs. The young ones to warm, to cherish them. And in this we see the nature of the spirit bringing about life. As he is moving upon the face of the deep. As he's fluttering. As he's brooding over the earth. Amen. It is important for us to realize that when we see the spirit moving. When we see the Holy Ghost. He isn't idle. He isn't lazy. He isn't just inhabiting a throne. He's not just some cause. Uh, 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 medic or cosmosic uh, force uh, inhabiting a throng uh, but he's moving uh, he is an agent of action uh, he is an active actor and participant uh, in the creation story carrying out uh, the will of God on earth uh, he moves on nothing uh, and everything that is uh, is created right. hallelujah Amen. That may not do for you uh, what it does for me. Uh, amen. But when we see this world, uh, all of the, uh, the the mountain peaks that are so beautiful. Uh, amen. The, the, the beautiful sunrises and sunsets. Uh, as we see uh, the, the, the beautiful oceans. Uh, amen. All of the creatures that are in the world. Uh, everything that is beautiful in this world. Uh, it was created. Uh, amen. By God the Father. Uh, through God the Son. Uh, by the movement of God the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Everything that is uh, was created by him. Uh, amen. And when he created everything, uh, he looked on it uh, and says that it is good. Uh, listen, if there's something not good in this world, uh, it is not uh, God's fault. Uh, amen. And it was not because of his design. Uh, amen. That come uh, by the corruption and the pollution of sin. Uh, amen. That is sin's effect uh, on this present world. Uh, but everything that God created is good. Uh, 
So if we see anything good in this life, we know that every good gift, hallelujah, it comes from above. It comes, amen, from, amen, the Father above. And it was orchestrated by His Spirit, by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Everything that's good, it comes from Him. Amen. As we look at the law of first motion, or first mention, we see the Holy Ghost as an agent of action. But this is not the last time that He moves. Amen. In fact, as you read every page in this book and in this Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, you will find that in His origin, the Holy Ghost was moving and He never stopped. Hallelujah. He never became idle or lazy. Amen. He never just sits by uh, on the sidelines. No. Uh, amen. But he started in Genesis chapter number one moving. Uh, and all the way throughout the book, uh, you can trace and you can look uh, at his actions as they transpire. Uh, amen. He never has stopped working uh, and he never will stop working. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, just look uh, at Ezekiel 37 when the prophet, uh, amen, Ezekiel uh, was carried, uh, amen, to the valley of dry bones. Uh, he was carried out what in the spirit the spirit of God led him there's that word again ruach amen it set him down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and he caused him to pass by them round about him behold there were very many in the open valley and lo they were very dry and the spirit amen God asked him son of man can these bones live Strange question. And his response would be uh, probably what mine would have been. I don't know. But Lord, you know. Lord, only you know if these bones can live again. You see, we operate in the natural. And there is nothing in the natural that we can do to make these bones live. They're dead. They've been dead for a long time. They're dry. And there's very many. There's nothing, Lord, that I can do to resurrect these bones because I operate in the natural. But, Lord, you operate in the supernatural. Hallelujah. You don't operate on the same playing field that I do. You don't operate with the same limited emotions and movements that I have. You don't operate the same way that I do for your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. You can do it, Lord. If it's going to be done, it's going to be because you do it. Amen. If these bones are ever to be resurrected, it's not going to be because I preach a fiery message. It's not going to be because I say the right words. It's going to be because you do the work. Hallelujah. And the Spirit of God came to him and said, Prophesy to these bones. Ezekiel, preach to these bones. You got to know that Ezekiel looked goofy in the world's eyes. Out there in a graveyard preaching to a bunch of bones. I believe all the psychiatrists in the world that thought he had borderline personality disorder. It was fully confirmed in their eyes. This boy has done lost it all. He was 17 fries short of the Happy Meal. Now the whole Happy Meal's gone. Preaching to bones, telling them to live. 
Amen. I can tell you, folks, the world is always scoffed when people step out and obey God. Hallelujah. Because it defies the carnal logic and the thinking of man. Hallelujah. Amen. He looked goofy in the world's eyes, but he was right in divine order. Doing exactly what God told him. Amen. Folks probably think you up here sweating and screaming and snorting and hollering. It's the goofiest thing in the world. Amen. And I can tell you to them that perish. Amen. It's foolishness. Hallelujah. But to us that are saved. Amen. It is the power of God. Almighty. He's out there preaching to the bones the same way I'm preaching to you tonight. Amen. And preaching to them. You dry bones hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter unto you. That word breath is that same Hebrew word found in Genesis 1-2. I will cause breath, I will cause spirit, I will cause life to enter unto you, and ye shall live. Hallelujah. Amen. That was the will of God. Amen. I'm going to cause spirit. Amen. Uh, Ezekiel, you go down there and preach. Amen. You obey me. You preach my word. And when you obey me, I'm going to spend, I'm going to send the agent of life. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost of God. And he's going to do what you can't. Son, I know your preaching can't bring about life to the bones. Amen. But your preaching matched with my anointing. Hallelujah. Amen. Your preaching in obedience, stepping out on the word of God. Amen. And me confirming it with signs and wonders of my spirit. I can cause those bones to be resurrected and life to come back again Ezekiel 37 verse 9 he said unto me prophesy unto the wind prophesy son of man and say unto the wind thus saith the Lord God come from the four winds O breath and breathe upon these slain that they may live so I prophesied as I commanded as he commanded me and breath spirit ruach came into them and they lived Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in the house tonight. Amen. The Spirit of God entered into the equation as he obeyed God, as he prophesied, as he commanded, as he stepped out in faith. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God entered into them and they lived and they stood on their feet, an exceeding great army. Hallelujah. I've been in ministry long enough to know that my intellect cannot bring about revival or a move of God. My education cannot. My eloquence of speaking, it definitely can't. There's nothing that I can do to bring about a move of God or bring about revival. Oh, but I can't obey God. I can hear the voice of God. I can prophesy and preach as He commands me. And He can anoint. And He can send His Spirit. That same Spirit of God we find in Ezekiel 1 and 2. We find in Ezekiel 37. And I feel Him in the house tonight. Hallelujah. He's come to move and to help. He can resurrect that which is dead and bring it back to life again. That which is lifeless, that which is dead, all it needs is a fresh breath of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And it has to stand up on its feet to attention and obey the command of Almighty God. Without the Holy Ghost, this would never be a reality. But when we look at 
Genesis 1 and Ezekiel 37 coupled together, we see, hallelujah, the omnipotent power of God that He can speak into anything that's dead and bring it back to life again. That there's nothing too far gone. That the Holy Ghost of God cannot move on, cannot move in, cannot move through and turn it all around. Oh my God, this catches us and tell us, tells us that there is nothing too hard for the Spirit of God. Genesis 1, there was nothing. And the Spirit began to move. And it produced absolutely everything. In Ezekiel 37, these bones were powder dry. They'd been dead for years, maybe hundreds of years. We don't know how long they had been there dry. But that same Spirit of God began to flutter into that valley. Brought about revival. And the bones began to live with God. Hallelujah. Listen, he can enter into the nothingness. Amen. Of the cosmos. Or he can enter into the darkness of a valley full of dead, dry bones. And the Holy Ghost can channel the life of God into it to create everything that is. Amen. An exceeding great army can arise. From the driest of bones. Amen. That hell had, had robbed the life of. Amen. It doesn't come through intellect. It does not come through man's wisdom. It does not come through a, a self-help book on seven keys to revival. It's not going to come from the assemblies of God, folk. It's not going to come from the church of God, the Methodist, the Baptist, the Foursquare. It's not going to come from the independents. It's going to come from heaven alone. Hallelujah. It's got to come from the throne room of Almighty God. Amen. The Almighty Powerful. Amen. The Holy Ghost of God. Amen. In Job 33 verse 4, it says that the Spirit of God, the Ruach of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. In Psalms 33 and verse 6, it says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath or the Spirit of his mouth. In Job 26, 13, it says, By his spirit hath he garnished the heavens, and by his hand hath formed the crooked serpent. Amen. Everything that is in this world, it had divine orchestration by the Spirit of God. Amen. By the Word of God. And it was formed by the Spirit of God moving. I don't have time to preach it all. But the Spirit of God, the divine architect in creation, he did not stop there. He didn't stop in Ezekiel's valley of bones moving on bones. But I want you to notice his greatest act in the Old Testament was when he moved on men. Hallelujah. He moved on men. It doesn't take much digging to find some classic examples of this. In Judges 3 verse 9 with Othniel. And when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer to the children of Israel who delivered them, even Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. 
The same way that the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. The same way that He moved on bones. Now we see Him getting down to the personal level of when He moved on men. Moved on them. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Him and He judged Israel and went out to war. And the Lord delivered the enemies into His hand. You can read of Gideon. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord, there it is again, came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet and a beezer was gathered after him. And Gideon led the children of Israel through to an impossible victory. It would not have been possible if it was not for the Spirit of God moving on him. The first time we find Gideon, He's hiding behind the wine press. He's cowering down to the enemy. He's scared. Amen. As the children of Israel has been surrounded. Oh, but when we see the Spirit of God enter into the equation and the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, that changed everything. That boy that was hiding behind the wine press, amen, rose up and led the children of Israel into a great victory. Amen. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Amen. We can read of Jephthah in Judges 11 where it says the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah and he passed over Gilead and Manasseh and passed over Mitzvah of Gilead. Amen. And he passed over unto the children of Ammon to fight against them and the Lord delivered them into his hands. It wasn't Jephthah's military strategy that brought about victory. It was the Spirit of Almighty God that moved that man and propelled him from nothing to being a spirit, a spiritual giant. Amen. We can read of Saul when he was anointed. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with him, and shalt be turned into another man. Hallelujah. Amen. It was the anointing. It was the Spirit of God that rested upon Saul uh, that turned him, uh, amen, into uh, a giant of a man. Uh, oh, our situation can be bleak uh, and it can look hopeless, uh, but if the Spirit of God uh, inserts himself into the story, uh, it can have a much different ending uh, than how it started. Hallelujah. When the Spirit of God begins to move into the equation, that marriage can look like it's over with. Amen. It's been on the rocks and it's broken. Amen. There's no hope to be resurrected in and of itself. There is no hope. But if the Spirit of God is interjected into it, oh, hallelujah. Amen. The tail end of that thing can be greater than the former. Amen. You can have a doctor's report saying there's no help. It's too far gone. It's stage four. It spread. Amen. Whose report are you going to believe? Hallelujah. Amen. Because the Spirit of the Lord, it can step into that hospital room. Amen. It can step to where we are and eradicate every cancer cell that is in the human body. Don't you tell me God can't do it. Amen. Don't you tell me it's an impossibility. For with man, it is impossible. But with God, nothing shall be impossible to him that believes. The Spirit of God makes all the difference in the world. It ought to be illegal to feel this good on a Sunday night. Hallelujah. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord came upon natural man and allowed them to do supernatural things. It wasn't their works, but it was the Spirit of God moving upon them. 
But in that Old Testament, if there was one issue and one problem with the movement of the Spirit, we find it was this. That when he moved upon men, that was as deep as it got. I don't believe that was the Holy Ghost's fault. I don't believe that it's God's fault. It's going to get better in just a minute. But we can find with Samson. Samson summed up the anointing of the Spirit of God in the Old Testament. When it said that the Spirit of the Lord moved on him at times. Between the camp of Dan, between Zorah and Eshtahol. Listen, there was times that the Spirit of God moved on Samson. But then there was times where he didn't. And Samson's problems came not when the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. But it came in those intervals of times when the Spirit of the Lord wasn't on him. That was as deep as it got. Samson would find himself in trouble. The Spirit of the Lord would come on him. Great and mighty things would transpire and take place. And then he'd fall right back into some silly cycle. Walking out from under the, the anointing of God when the Spirit of the, the Lord was lifted. And you can read it for yourself. When Samson had his head on the lap, the lap of Delilah, she got down to the source of the secret. She cut off the locks of his head. Samson said... I will shake myself. There's that word shaking again. I will move myself as at other times before. You see, when he was in trouble in other times, the Spirit of the Lord would move him. The Spirit of the Lord would move upon him. But now he's saying, I'm going to shake myself like any other time before. But he wist not that the Spirit of the Lord had departed from him. You see, the Spirit of the Lord would move on men. There were times where they were anointed and then there were times where they weren't. Same in Samson uh, was anointed but it was for a certain task in a small window. Amen. And there was a lot of things Samson did in the interim that wasn't anointed. Amen. And, and the, the, the Spirit of the Lord would, would move upon men in that old covenant and in that old testament economy. But thank God that His Spirit did not stay uh, confound or confided in that Old Testament economy. Because we can see it gets a whole lot deeper in the New Testament. Because you see, in the New Testament, in the, in the Old Testament, the Spirit of the Lord would move upon men. But in the New Testament, He moved in man. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 He's not just moving on us, folks. Amen. But thank God because of the cross of Calvary. It made it possible that the Holy Ghost could move in us, live in us, and abide in us. Mary, amen, was the first example. Huh? Amen. When the angel of the Lord said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. That was consistent. With that Old Testament spiritual touch. 
The Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you as He has done, amen, for hundreds of years, as He has done for thousands of years. That was not a foreign concept to have the Spirit of God move upon you. He's going to overshadow you, but then it gets deeper. He said, therefore, also that holy thing that shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. No longer was the Spirit just moving on, man. Amen. But for this young girl, the Spirit of God moved in her. Hallelujah. Amen. We see a deeper move of the Spirit of God to where the Holy Ghost wouldn't just overshadow Mary. Amen. Yes, He would move on her. Amen. But we see that New Testament plan of God. Amen. I'm not just going to move on you, Mary, but something is going to be birthed on the inside of you. It's going to be different. It's going to be unusual. It's going to be out of the ordinary. Amen. Because you see in the natural delivery cannot take place without conception. Amen. Amen. That thing that is going to be conceived of you. Amen. That thing that's going to be born of you is going to be called the Son of God. Amen. I can tell you if it's that way in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. God can never get anything out of us if it's not first birthed in us. Hallelujah. If God, amen, can't get fire out of us if fire is never birthed in us. Amen. God can't get the anointing to flow out of us if the anointing is never birthed in us. Amen. The Holy Ghost cannot flow out if he's never flowed in. Amen. And he told me that there's going to be a line of demarcation. This thing is going to go deeper than skin level. It's going to go deeper than your emotions or what you can feel on the outside. I'm going to birth something in you, girl. Amen. And it's going to forever. He is going to forever alter the world. And that boy grew up as he was born and preached his earthly ministry. And Jesus stood up and said, He that believeth on me as the scripture has said, Out of his bellies shall flow rivers of living water. But this, amen, he spake of the spirit that they should receive. Amen. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. But Jesus stood up and said, Amen, you're going to preach and life is going to flow out. You're going to preach and life is going to flow out of you. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. They knew about that concept in Ezekiel 47 about the river of life when they could jump in and they could feel the river and they could see the effects of the river. But Jesus said, I don't want you to just see it. I don't want you to just feel it. I want you to get in the river and I I want the river to get inside of you, hallelujah, to where out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. No longer you're going to have to rely upon the Spirit moving upon you. He's going to take up residence. He's going to take up His abode in your life and He's going to be in you. Oh, God help us. This was fulfilled. And Acts chapter number 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. 
and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the others. I don't have time to preach this all. Amen. But in Acts 2, verse 2, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. In the Greek, that's the word pneuma, which is akin and yoke to the Hebrew word ruach. That is that same word again. The breath, the spirit, the life of God. You see, they equated it to the wind that was blowing. That's all that they knew to equate it to. But I can tell you it was much more than an afternoon breeze that blew through the upper room. There was much more, amen, than a gale force breeze that blew through Jerusalem that day. I can tell you the breath of God was breathed into that place. The same breath, the same spirit, the same agent of action, the Holy Ghost as he fluttered and brewed over the face of nothingness and created everything that was. That same Spirit of God blew through that place. Amen. And out of that 120, He created a church. He formed a church full of power and said, boys and girls, amen, I'm not just going to move on you, but today I'm here to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with power. The same Spirit that was in Christ, I'm here and I'm in you. Amen. You're going to do greater works. Amen. Numerically than he even he did. Why? Because everywhere you go, I'm going to be in you. When you walk in a room, the Holy Ghost is walking in a room. Hallelujah. When you get up to preach, Peter, it's not going to be your words that are issued, but it's going to be words of life. Falling out of you because the Holy Ghost is going to speak through you. Amen. You're just a vessel. Amen. You're just just, uh, amen, uh, the, the man, uh, but the Spirit of God uh, is going to be on the inside of you, uh, not just moving on you. He's going to abide in you uh, and do what you can't do. Seek me and you'll find me. Call upon me this 
tonight if you know my realness and my nearness, saith God. Hallelujah. Oh, lift up your hands and love the Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for speaking to us. Hallelujah. Thank you for moving on us. Thank you for moving in us. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Kirsten, if you'll come help me, I'm, I'm closing with this. Amen. We see the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament moved on. In the New Testament, he moved in and post-Pentecost. We see his emphatic desire, and that was to move through his church. He moved on, he moved in, and then he moved through. Amen. I can tell you, folks, God gets no greater glory than when he, we allow his glory to flow through us. Hallelujah. For us to be born again, called out of darkness into his marvelous light, to be filled, amen, with his spirit, to be baptized in power, and for us, amen, to fulfill his great commission in this world and allow him to work through us. Amen, because you see, amen, if he is going to uh, heal a blinded eye, he's going to do it through his church. Amen. If he's going to perform a miracle, he's going to do it uh, through you and I, through uh, his church. Uh, amen. He's looking for vessels that he can not only fill up, that he can not only fill in, amen, flow in, but those that he can flow through. Amen. On the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up and preached. Uh, the Holy Ghost flowed through him, and 3,000 people were born again. Amen. The very next chapter, amen, when Peter and John are walking, to the temple at the hour of prayer. They see the lame man sitting by the temple gate asking alms for the poor. Peter and John said, Silver and gold have I none. But they felt the unction of the Holy Ghost as he began to flow through them. Amen. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And immediately his ankle bones received their strength. And he stood, amen, walking and leaping and entered into the temple praising and glorifying God. Amen. How did that miracle happen? It happened because two Holy Ghost filled men didn't confine the Holy Ghost to the four walls of the upper room. Amen. But when they walked through town they were walking on assignment and they allowed the Holy Ghost to operate in and through us. What would happen if we would get so full of the Holy Ghost in this place tonight? Oh my God. Where when we walked into the restaurant or we walked into Walmart we allowed the Holy Ghost to have his way. I believe with all of my heart we could see the same things today that they saw then if we would just unashamedly let the Holy Ghost flow through us. Flow in us. Flow through us. Flow out of us. That's the constant working of the Spirit, the moving of the Spirit of God. He moves on us. In conviction when we're lost. You can see that the repetitive pattern here. Talked about the law of first mention. The Holy Ghost is a mover. An agent of action. He's moving. Hasn't stopped moving. He's still moving just as much today as he ever did then. If you just look for him. You'll find him. Hallelujah. He's moving. We see him. On. In. Through. It's the same thing in the life of believers. The lost man, the Spirit of God moves on with conviction. That's why you can't sit in your pew when preaching gets hot. Start feeling uneasy. That's the convicting power of the Holy Ghost 
making you aware you need to be born again and be saved. That's why I never want to brush off conviction. That's why I tell sinners, you better not brush off conviction if God's convicting your heart. I mean, that's the Holy Ghost moving on you. Amen. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you're sealed to the day of redemption. Don't cross that line. He's moving on you, drawing you here. Amen. A conversion, He moves in you. He takes up residence. He dwells. He abides in us. He's come, not made with temples, made with hands. Amen. But our bodies are now the temple of the Holy Ghost. When we're born again, the Holy Ghost takes up residence in us. Amen. When we're baptized in power, we are baptized into Him. And He is baptized into us. Hallelujah. Filled with power from on high. And then from that day forward, it is His express will to move through us. To move through us. Everywhere we go. Amen. Around this world, I see the Holy Ghost moving. Amen. The, the, the islands of Fiji. I was there, saw the demoniac set free by the power of Almighty God. In Cuba, revival fire is ablazing right now. Amen. Hotter than anywhere that I've seen. Amen. In Jamaica, preaching under that church in Treasure Beach, preaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It was a hot, still, humid night. Preaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. By the time we opened up the altars, the breeze began to blow. Hallelujah. Out of nowhere, it blew from one side of the church to the other. Then blew from the other side of the church to this one. And the glory of God came down in waves. Now, what was that? Amen. I don't believe it was a natural breeze. Amen. But I believe that was the Holy Ghost flooding that place. Amen. His hearts were filled with the Holy Ghost. We as a church were there in the Dominican Republic. When we shut off the streets, began to preach to hundreds. Amen. We saw them leave crutches. We saw them leave walkers. What happened? The Holy Ghost began to move. Oh, my God. God brought about a work in Alaska, 28 Inuits, amen, 28 never heard a message of Pentecost before, amen, they did that night, and 28 baptized in the Holy Ghost and power, amen, I believe, amen, if we would just allow God to have his way, he's going to move on us, he's going to move in us, and he's going to move through us, amen, hallelujah, he's just looking for vessels tonight, amen, that'll say, here I am, Lord, fill me up, I give you full access and availability to my heart and to my life, I want you to move in me. Oh God, I want you to move through me. I want you to baptize me in your power. Not just so I can shout. Not just so I can speak in tongues. But so I can be your man. Your woman in this present world. And you can move through me. If we would pray that prayer tonight, somebody can be baptized in power. Hallelujah. From this service. Amen. If we would just make ourselves available on that passion. Say, God, whatever you want to do with me, I'm yours. Amen. You can leave this place full of the power of the Holy Ghost. You can leave. Amen. Refill in the power of the Holy Ghost. For some, he's moving on. You may be watching online. Stand with me all over the building. I'm done. You're lost. You may be in this house and you're lost. And you feel the Holy Ghost moving on you. He's drawing you to an altar. He's drawing you to a place. Amen. Where you can have an encounter with Christ. Amen. If you're born again, He wants to move in. Hallelujah. He wants to fill you up. 
He wants to baptize you into Himself. Fill your life full of power. Why? So ultimately, He can move through you. Amen. You can be. Amen. The gospel in shoe leather. Everywhere you go, carrying the Holy Ghost with you. Giving Him an opportunity to move and work in your life. Amen. I don't know where you may be. You may need Him. You may, he may be moving on you. He may be wanting to move in you. He may be wanting to move through you. Elevate your standard of living. Amen. Wherever you are, would you meet this preacher in this altar tonight? Would you lift up your hands? Amen. Leave preconceived notions on the pew. And just avail your life and your heart unto Him. Oh, my God.